And welcome to Join Java, biblical discussions to fuel your faith. I'm Pastor Brian here with you once again in the Pursuit Friends studio. Just kidding. It's Zoom. We don't really have a studio. I have I'm, the Annex. You have the Annex? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the Annex studio. <laughs> we have two studios here at Pursuit Friends right, Church. Right, right. That's how, that's how hip and cool we are as a house church network, uh, a.k.a. I'm sitting in my basement office, and Pastor Kristen is sitting in her uh, office in by the front door of their house. Yes. So if you ever so want feel- to watch her as she's podcasting, just pull up to her house, <laughs> grab a lawn chair, sit on the front porch, look in the right. window with the hot coffee. It's fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> so interesting. And 100%, if you do that, my dogs will lose their minds. And <laughs> they're ever-loving minds. They're ever-loving minds, yes. <laughs> I do sometimes feel like I'm like the uh, the nosy neighbor of the neighborhood because I look out the window all day here. So yeah. i <laughs> like, hey, yeah. what you doing? You got a new coat. You're walking the dog again, huh? Like, hi. Anyway, so. If, if you can't think of anyone in your neighborhood that you would call nosy, you're probably yeah. the nosy. I hope just not. I just met some new neighbors, and I confess oh, right away, really? like, cool. yeah, yeah. There's a house on our um, on our cul-de-sac that just sold. Nice young couple. I had a good time getting to know them and oh, and their dog. And uh, but yeah, it's like, listen, I work from home, and it's by right in those door windows. So I I really am not that neighbor. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, I saw the Amazon truck delivered to your house last week. I thought, I knew what'd you, you get? Yeah, well. <laughs> you know i saw nordic track on the side of it and they were there a long time so i think they paid for setup and delivery nice so. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not the nosy neighbor so <laughs> so anyways we're here for an entirely different reason today um to talk about the bible and jesus and his disciples and some cool interactions here we are in the 21st book of John and Kristen, this is the end of the book of John. And (laughs) uh, it's so encouraging. I want to say it one more time. So encouraging that we as a church and because the church did it, we as a podcast, right? That's right. Now can say we worked through an entire book of the Bible because we did acts for a season coming in the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic a little bit. I think if I recall, no, we started John. I don't know. Anyways, that's Uh, that's (laughs) the people listening. It's not important. Don't worry about it. It's just the ramblings of a guy who's here and there and everywhere. This is why you need windows. See, I've got plenty of things hanging on my wall, as my wife yeah, would that, say. You can't truth, hang anything else on truth. that wall. Uh, I think but, it's so we can't tell if you're there or not, because right. there's so much behind you. You're just sort of... <laughs> anyway, so, we were talking about John. Yes. We're talking about John, and it's just good. I'm just so proud that we're through the book of John, and we stuck with it. And God has shown us some amazing things from his word, and we've learned a ton um, and it's been so good for us as a movement to go through this book. And now, as as of this recording, we're in the second or third uh, book of First John, which is where we're going to head next uh, in our house churches. And that's been so good, too. So I'm excited to see what God has to say to us in the coming days. Yeah, it's been really fun to get to know John's voice 
um, as a disciple and as an author here, and then to continue that, um, following up with his short books uh, to the churches in First, Second, and Third John, um, and uh, just reading it through that lens has mm-hmm. been just really helpful to me and to my understanding of who Jesus is, and um, it's been it's been amazing. I have so much respect um, for the Book of John. That it is so much, it looks simple, and yet there is so much um, detail and layers that that have worked into there, things that you pick up on as you read, and mm-hmm. um, things, you know, like abundance and bread and water, and that just have so much more meaning by the time you get done recognizing yeah. that, you know, it's just trying to speak volumes. Like, we, like, you know, we forget that we do that with language. Like, you know, if I say, Washington DC like we load all kinds of stuff onto mm-hmm. that word you know or, or Super Bowl or whatever they don't just mean the thing and so spending the time has allowed that to start to happen for me as I see certain words that John uses over and over I'm like oh I see what you know I see what you're right. going to do there so right. that's been really amazing yeah it has been and and it's been amazing to study this in our house churches to one of the rich things about Bible study discussion in the format that we do it in, which is just laid back, everybody's sharing, everybody's saying, well, what does this mean? Or, or wow, this really stood out to me, you know, just going deeper yeah. in it. We've really dived quite deep into these passages each, each week. And yeah. to hear other people's voices yeah. brought into this and thoughts and ideas, and then the Holy Spirit brings it all together and everything that's helpful sticks and encourages us, you know, and lasts and stays with us. And um, I've just been reminded again recently uh, from someone in our house church that, that just how deep this is and how helpful it is to have this type of conversation on a weekly basis of really, truly, diving deep into God's word, going deeper, mm. learning what words mean, seeing patterns, like you said, Kristen, yeah, seeing yeah. themes, uh, and, and what the author emphasizes you know, is just has been tremendous. And so I just, I want to do, I usually do this at the end, but I want to do it at the beginning this week. Okay. I would like to invite people who might catch this podcast, who live in yeah. Northeast Ohio here in the Canton and Green area or surrounding towns and cities. Like if if you're looking for a place that really focuses on studying God's word, really focuses on taking time in prayer each week to talk about what's going on in our lives as a community, in our own families, our places of work, school, whatever. And we pray over those things immediately. If a request is offered, we pray yeah. over it. And and yeah. Um, we do that weekly and we have great worship where we're willing, if the spirit leads and draws us in deeper to linger in our worship, uh, when it comes to the singing of songs together, um, we linger in prayer. We linger in Bible study too, let me tell you. And, uh, (laughs) also another area we linger in Kristen is table fellowship. Yeah. And that, that breaking of bread together as the early church did, that is a vital part of who we are and what we do, living life together and encouraging each other. Um, so 
two great house churches here in Canton meets at 10 a.m. Whitmer House and then 6 p.m. on Sundays at Deborah in Green. So look up our Facebook page uh, and see if you'd like to be a part. We'd love to have you. Um, Absolutely. Kristen, let's dive right in now. Okay. All right. Let's do it. I'm I'm anxious to talk about this. This is such good final chapter of John. (laughs) I can't even contain it. So there's just some good things in here. Give us, give us kind of a, a, bring us up to speed on what's happened in the previous chapter and summarize 21 and then we'll dive into it. All right. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're at the end of John Um, and really chapter 20 kind of is the, feels like the end. Okay. So we, we started in the beginning. John has uh, dwelled on, Jesus's public ministry, and then on his last, spent a lot of chapters on him, pouring into his disciples privately, preparing them for um, his death, and finally his resurrection in 20. And uh, right at the end of 20, we have this great couple of verses where John comes in and, you know, in his narrator voice uh, says, you know, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe, which was kind of his point the whole time, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So those were, you know, John's real Um, as an author, what he wanted us to get out of this and what he wanted the early Christians um, and those around to hear was that Jesus truly is the Messiah that the Jews have been waiting for and that that new life comes simply through belief that Jesus is who he said he is. Um, And those are the two main thrusts through all of John's. And one of the things I loved about John, if you haven't dug in recently, um, and I I just, I love narratives anyway, but all of the narrative conversations where we see person after person confronted with Jesus, and and actually by confronted, I just mean encountering, honestly. And, And then people have to decide who this man is. You know, what do these words mean? What is that? action mean what did that miracle mean and and you see the you see the people their thoughts as they wrestle with what are they going to do with jesus and so um so it's an amazing thing and then to have this last chapter which is almost like a an epilogue or you know one week later when you're watching a movie we're still pre before jesus has ascended to heaven um we are post-resurrection and we get this one last picture of some interaction with Jesus and his disciples. Um, And that's where we land here on 21. I love that. My mic was muted. I love that, Kristen. I knew that was going to happen. Gee, Willikers. (laughs) I still... I shouldn't have pressed that button. So I, I, I love that this John, I've never thought of it until that way until just now, Kristen. So good job. Thank you. Is like that extra scene at the end of a Marvel movie at the end of the credits, you know, where you get a little bit extra, uh, and that's a neat way to put it. So, well, yeah. And you know, as you read some of the uh, people who've got the scholars who studied this, there is some dispute about whether or not this chapter was added later. That's why, mm. um, they kind of refer to it as this epilogue. There's no dispute over its authenticity, right, but just right. whether it was part of the initial composition or not of John. Um, so, uh, 
that was a great way for me to think about it. And it's, it's a really an amazing, especially for one disciple in particular, Mm -hmm. um, which I love. And I just think Peter's story, wrapping it up the way this does um, really wraps up the whole message of John in a beautiful way. So, so what do you think? Let me ask you a question then, pastor Kristen. Yes, Pastor Brian. Okay, because no, no, right now I'm just Brian the podcaster. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I'm sorry. I think I, my mic is failing. I, <laughs> I, I can't hear you, Captain. There's a something wrong well, with the. Yeah, I'm uh, going through a tunnel. So, we, you know, the first part of 21 here. Yeah. Says this after Jesus appeared again to the his disciples. By the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter, and then it goes through the list of the other disciples right. who were there together. And Peter says, I'm going out to fish. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then they all say, we'll go with you. So they all went out got on the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Why, why do you think that Simon Peter said, eh, I think I'll go fish? I have no idea. It's funny that you bring this up because I, as I was reviewing before we podcast today, I was looking at that again and and I don't really see a lot of clues, right? I was looking for like, is there any clue? Cause I can come up with several stories like, right, right. okay, one is <laughs> this is what they're familiar with. They were professional fishermen. This is what they do. Mm. And so I do the things that are, that come naturally to me if I'm feeling out of sorts or, you know, um, at loose ends or, Mm -hmm. or are they doubting what they're supposed to do next? Or are they just kind of biding their time? I I just could come up with a whole lot of different explanations. And honestly, I'm a little frustrated (laughs) that way that John doesn't give us any, I couldn't find any clues as to where their heads were. Did you find any? No. But what you said, <laughs> what <laughs> you know, it's it's all you know. We could read into it. We could come right. up with possible. And as long as pastors, we say this is possibly. This is right. You know, if it was me, maybe this is what I would be thinking. Right. You know? Um. And I th- I think honestly, the simplest answer is, what else are they going to do? Yeah. You know. Right. They're, they at this point in time, Jesus has not ascended. They don't have the Great Commission yet. John doesn't cover the right. Great Commission, and so the yeah. you know, so we have to understand that. That's a really good point to understand. It's not like they've been sent out already by Jesus. Well, although right? in twenty twenty one, I mean, Jesus says. Uh, peace be with you as the father has sent me i am sending you and with that he re- breathed on them and they received the holy spirit so uh, yeah, that's a good kind, point we're but... kind of in this um, we're, but you're right it's not the same as what we're going to get mm-hmm. to so it's this weird middle ground and I... you know what i kind of love it though i don't mm. mean to interrupt but no, just I was isn't that you. life I, like i kind of love the playing out of of uh, we we all spend most of life in the in between between 
you know, what, what, here's something happened. What am I going to do about it? Here's something new presented to me. How am I going to handle it? I'm waiting for this. I, right. you know, like this is yeah. where we spend a lot of our lives. You know, and I think, I think we, oh, this is, I don't know if this is the, I feel like this is the Holy Spirit, but I just, <laughs> we, my mic's unmuted, right? I'm, you can hear yes. me. Okay. Just clarifying. <laughs> All right. So, uh, in that middle, like you talk about, yeah, we often we can we have other names for that sometimes, not all the time, but if we want to get ultra spiritual about things, right? Sometimes we call that middle place the desert, yeah, dry place. Sometimes, yeah, we call it the wilderness. Sometimes, yeah, that's true. You know, it's a season of patience or whatever. You know, I don't know what's Absolutely. going on, but I'm just trying yep. to be patient. I'm trusting in the Lord. You know. <laughs> And uh, I'm going uh, to the mountain to wait, right? Yeah. But yeah. I think, you know, like you said in the, in chapter 20, Jesus breathes on them. He's, he gives them his peace. The Holy, he breathes the Holy Spirit into them. Um, and he says, as, as I've been sent, I, I'm going to send you all that stuff. So, but there's no like directive. There's no like, okay, right. now go. Right. Um, and so they're here and Peter is going about his business. There's some level of peace and familiarity, right? And in doing what you know, like you said. Mm. Um, and for me, like sometimes that peace can come when I'm cleaning the house or I'm, you know, mowing the yard yeah. where yeah. I can put on headphones and kind of just listen to worship, whatever, you know? Yeah. But it's in those moments, I think those in-between moments where god is perhaps doing his greatest work behind the scenes mm. and mm. if we'll only be faithful because what the disciples had was a word from jesus mm. that's that said here here's yeah. the holy spirit and i'm going to send you right and pierce here's my peace yeah but that's what they have but there were no specific anything's attached to that and yeah. now they're just they've got to be faithful and Peter, as he says, I'm going to go fishing. Might as well. <laughs> no, we need to eat. Maybe we'll make some money, right. you know. Exactly. And, uh, That's feed what they other did. People. That's their business. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And so yep. Pete's already got this leadership thing going because the other guys go, that sounds good. Let's go. But because Peter was doing an every day, here's, here's the Holy Spirit thing. Took me a while to get there, but I'm getting there. Because Peter's doing an everyday thing faithfully Jesus shows up and performs this incredible miracle mm -hmm. and shows them who he is yet again mm -hmm. and they're not catching anything they can't yeah. do it on their own this is what Jesus is teaching these men you guys yeah. are expert fishermen right but without me it's not worth trying to do it on your own accord you know yeah. And so they're out there fishing, yeah. and Jesus says, hey, throw it on, you know. Throw, they don't even realize that it's him yet. He says, throw it on the other side. Just a few feet over, by the way. It's not It's not this massive boat here. <laughs> right, it's not a freighter or something, right. Yeah. And their nets are so full, they're afraid they're going to break. Yeah. And they pull it in, and they realize, and the disciple whom Jesus loved, which we all know is John, you know, <laughs> says, it is the Lord. And as soon as Peter heard him, say it is the lord he wrapped his outer garment around him and because it's easier to fish when you're just wearing shorts you know 
and jumps into the water. It's probably hot, uh, whatever, you know. And <laughs> the uh, he's got to get to Jesus right now, which yeah. is remarkable. Yeah, it is remarkable that Peter jumps in this water, a place that he has had failure at before, where he is not the exact spot, but where he <laughs> took his eyes off Jesus for a second and yeah. doubted for half a second. And started falling back into the water after he'd walked on it, just by looking at Jesus, you know. He dives in, goes to shore. He's the first one to meet Jesus, even though he denied him. Right, Even though right. he acted maybe foolish in light of everything Jesus had taught him up until the Garden of Gethsemane, where he pulled out his little yep. knife and cut the guy's ear off. Yep. Here he is, wholeheartedly, jumping in the water with eagerness towards his Lord and Savior, towards mm. Jesus Christ. I just think that's remarkable. But it's in those in-between moments, Kristen, that sometimes as Christians we lose our minds yeah. with boredom. We, lose, we can start to doubt. We can start to second-guess what we think we heard from the Lord, you know. Mm -hmm. and, oh, it's so true. Oh, and it's in those moments, though, if we just stay faithful— and hold on to what we believe and hold on to what Jesus said and hold on to the word we are given, man, that's when God can show up and perform miracles. Let me add one more to that, Brian, because I think that you're really good. And I'm going to go with this also. It, it's not just Peter alone. It's Peter with the community of believers that that happens through. It is the disciple who Jesus loved, who recognizes, hey, God's working. Hey, there's Jesus. Here's the Lord. Mm -hmm. Peter's the first one to act on it. But it is it is his buddy, his brother, you know, who's working with him in the Lord, who is the first to point out to him. And, you know, we're going to see Jesus do an amazing th restoration for Peter here in the rest of this. And it part of that was pointing out that it took somebody else in the body. We mm -hmm. had a great discussion in our um, house church on Sunday night, just talking about how we need each other with our unique giftings and our unique wirings to see the fullness and to bring the fullness of God's kingdom into the world. We're not meant to do this all on alone. And I love that in this case, mm -hmm. again, here, you know, these two were together at the, at the um, empty tomb. And yeah. again, you know, John gets there first, but Peter's the first to take action. I just am kind of loving the, the back and forth between these two. So yeah. it's so yeah. good. And then, I, you know, as I'm reading this again, it's kind of fresh in my heart, Kristen, it says they brought their fish ashore. When they landed, they saw fire or burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So Jesus already had the fish, guys, you know. He had it prepared, too. And yet, listen to this. I haven't caught this. I, I haven't paid much attention to this until just now, Kristen. In verse uh, 10, and, Jesus said yeah. to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So they did that, right? So Jesus, the worker of miracles the creator of all things already has something really good prepared for us. For you right now, as you're listening to this, Jesus has something really good prepared for you. Okay. But what he does is he invites us and asks us to bring what we have as well. Yeah. All of it, even our baggage, even our hardships, our failures, our sins, all that stuff. And he, of course, transforms those things and restores yeah. us and redeems us and 
brings the type of reformation to our lives in, in, in whatever areas need it. But Jesus says, you have gifts to offer too. And he knows that because he put those in us. He gave yeah. us those things. Yeah. And he says, bring your gifts, bring, bring your fish over here too, and add them to what I've prepared for you as well. Jesus invites us into this. And, you know, I mean, there's, we got to trust in God. It's all about faith. It's glory to him, all that stuff. But he really does use the gifts and talents we have. And Peter was good at fishing. You know? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, I love that. And I love how you pointed out that Jesus has, uh, you know, all through John, we've heard about he is the bread of life. Um, he's the host at the Passover table. He's the host here. It's kind of like a, a communion, right, that he has prepared for them, for them to eat together. And Jesus is the um, the primary one that brings that to them. And yet... Uh, he invites them to participate, and mm. I just think I do think that's really beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. then we start to see, I mean, kind of. I think I've heard it put this way: kind of the principle of threes. Have you heard yeah. that? I have. Where, yeah. Where Jesus, you know, it's the third day he rises again, right? Um, this is the third time he's appeared to the disciples. Um, and then we're about to get into a scene here where Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter deny, I mean, go back farther. Peter denies Jesus three times, you know? Um, yeah. uh, I mean, you could read into it, you know, there's three crosses there, the two thieves and Jesus, you could go back probably, <laughs> you could probably read into that way more and over spiritualize that. But I, I just, I, I love that Jesus is just doing everyday life with them here. Yeah. Right. He's not, I mean, this is an incredible miracle. They recognize it as a miracle, this 153 fish, large fish, by the way. That's how God works, by the way. <laughs> he's, he's a good God. And, and, and John, it's all about, about abundance from the first miracle, right? Yep. Oh, that's good. When, in the kingdom of God, there is abundance. Or mm -hmm. as Aaron said, there's lots and lots of wine. But, you know, we've just seen it over and over. Lots and lots of wine, lots of water, <laughs> lots of bread, right? And here we have it again. Yeah. yeah. And then Jesus asks Peter a very interesting question. Mm -hmm. Do you love me more than these? And what are these? I'm asking. What, what do you think are these? these are? Yeah. What's, what do you think these what are? What is he talking about when he says more than these? <laughs> I think it's a good question. And I couldn't decide if it's the fish or if it's his brothers, you know, the, the fellow disciples. Mm -hmm. um, do, you have, do you have an opinion? I personally and I haven't studied this, you know, I haven't gone into the depths of studying what these yeah, mean, me either, but yeah. I, I personally think that Jesus is talking about um, the fish, but using it as a metaphor for the things of the earth. Mm. Because we see, we see John continue this in one, in first John, not having a love for the world. And yeah, um, in the third chapter in particular, I believe. And so we, I just, for me, that looks like that's how, that's how it ministers to me. I'm not saying yeah. to say it the Lord here, but yeah, I, I could see this being that, that, um, Jesus is 
basically, and I say that, I think it works with what he says is talking about feeding my lands and take care of my sheep. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just having a thought here, Brian. So, um, cause we just had a big discussion last night about, you know, John and his use of the world and, um, how he uses that to talk about any, anything that opposes God, any system, you know, uh, it's, it's, um, the lack of justice and mercy and mm. humility. And mm. it's not about people, you know, we often put, oh, those are people of the world. And that's not what John is talking about. Mm-hmm. But what he does talk about, like you pointed out, um, in first John is that we we put our faith in our possessions in wealth and in power and for a fisherman he just won the the business lottery here right Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean so like i think that what you're saying it makes a lot of sense like jesus is like you have just gotten um a huge blessing of prosperity of material wealth that could buy you all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff and prestige and power what what are you going to do with it Mm Yeah. 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 But then, then he, he says, do you love me more than these? And of course, Peter says, well, hopefully, of course, right? If it's us. Yeah. Yes, Lord, you know that I love yeah. you. Yeah. Which again is interesting. I think that statement's very interesting from Peter mm. in light of the denial. Yeah. I, I think that's a very interesting statement that Peter had a level of assurance that Jesus really did still love him that he would say this, you know, or, or no, no, that he loves him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering like, you know, cause they've, this is the third time Jesus has appeared to them. So what was the first time like when Peter saw Jesus mm-hmm. and have they had any restorative conversation before mm-hmm. this moment? Right. Or, or is Peter being Peter? Cause Peter is like, you know, all passion sometimes and not much, uh reality occasionally you know what i mean like he's just all in so he's just like i know the right answer it's that i of course i love you you know <laughs> i will die with you you know was his was right before the denial so um yeah it's, it's fascinating to to think that through but it is an, a beautiful moment um as he starts to be led into a restoration from what had to be a devastating denial um at the foot of the cross so yeah And he asks him the question three times, which may have significance here for John with the denial, you know, John denying Christ three times and Jesus. Peter dividing. Sorry, Peter. Uh, Sorry, John, your beloved. I forgot. Poor John. Yeah. (laughs) You would have never done that yourself. So uh, (laughs) I love picking on John that way. Yeah, Um, you do. I I hope when I get to heaven, there's no hard feelings. He's going to be like, listen, what's the deal? You know, say actually, I was trying to teach you, Brian, that you are also beloved too. That's yeah. why I said that about myself. I wanted everyone to know that they that that is true. So, uh, so you know, they go back and forth here three times, and he says, "You know all things. You know that I love you," and that's faith right there. That's that's an aff- affirming declaration from Peter of who Jesus is. Peter recognizes, I, I read something like that, and I go, Peter recognizes the Godhead. He recognizes who Jesus is fully, that yeah. he is God of eternity, of the universe. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. And in verse 18, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. 
But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. That's encouraging, Jesus. Thanks. Jesus said to this, he said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And Peter heard those words, Kristen, this is hitting me. Peter heard those words, which is you're going to, you're going to die a violent death. Jesus said, follow me, right? Yeah. It's just hitting me. Like, yeah. Peter follows him, Kristen. Yeah. He hears this information and he follows him. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's remarkable. Like, like what, again, you know, we talked about Stephen poor or da- Thomas, poor doubting Thomas gets this, yeah. you know, I think here a little bit, Peter gets a little bit of a bad rap here too. Uh, not, not necessarily in this passage, but like Peter's faith is tremendous here as we see the follow through after this portrayal. Mm-hmm. We see the follow-through in Peter's life. Jesus actually says, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Right? Peter becomes the leader of the early church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's remarkable. Yeah. I feel like he should be the patron saint for passionate people who sometimes make mistakes in their passion. Right? Because, like we've mentioned already, Peter's the one who cuts off the air. And Peter is also, you know, he says in chapter 13, that he will lay down his life for the Lord. And at that moment, he, Jesus responds by saying, no, you're actually going to deny that you even know me. But Peter is right in his directional heart. He's just not grown into that yet, right? Because now Jesus comes back to that and said, that thing that you said you'd do for me, like, you are going to do it. Um, and that, I mean, it's a heavy thing, but also an amazing thing to me that Jesus is kind of fully restoring Peter and his, mm-hmm. the, the validity of his passion towards the Lord. You know, he's, he's calling back to that. Yeah, you actually are going to follow me to death. You, re, you are, in spite of what's happened, in spite of the mistakes you've made, you know, um, but but I also love what happens next because it shows that Peter is still growing, just like all of us, which is why I think he should be the patron saints for for mistakes, right? So <laughs> Right. So because, he kinda he kinda yeah, yeah he kinda says uh he sees John, the one that God, you know, John adds that again, you know. Yeah. Uh in following them, he goes, Hey, yo, yo, Jesus. <laughs> what about what about him? Is he, you know? Um, Is he going to die on a cross in a horrible way to follow you to death also? I mean, (laughs) you know, it's only fair, you know, I don't know. But uh, I, cause, and I, it's kind of interesting that John felt he needed to put this in here because this, this is interesting for us, but this was obviously very helpful to these believers where there was a rumor that John might live until Christ returns, that they felt like there was something said and so John kind of takes care of that right here um, and, and basically says, what is that to you? You know, I mean, what it's, if I desire that, you know, uh, but he says, uh, 
she's uh he said you must follow me basically you know yep yep um, that's I keep you your eyes on, on your own on your <laughs> keep your eyes on your own paper stay in like, your lane all, <laughs> peter we've all yeah. well and like is that true for us though i just i really love this because jesus is like look i have a plan for you peter we're talking about you what i have for your life what i have gifted and where i placed you and um i just love Peter's humanity here. And also, like you said, it's really important to note that John wanted to dispel this crazy rumor then that that had sprouted up in the early church about his destiny when it didn't have anything to do with that at all. It all had to do with this um, this kind of struggle that Peter had with, you know, his calling in some ways. So, yeah. Yeah. I relate to Peter so much, Kristen. Just, yeah. I mean... You know how passionate I can be. You know how forgetful I can be. Yeah. You know how unorganized I can be. And yeah. what sometimes I'll get excited about something and say, you know, hey, we got to rally around this, everybody, you know. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just like Peter, Peter's just awesome. You know, John might be the yeah. beloved of Jesus, but Peter, <laughs> P- Peter is, you know, the just that that guy that is really in a way willing to just do whatever you know to yeah. just ready yeah. to jump in and uh I, it's just it's remarkable i love the contrast between john and peter here yes and and i also i also love how this book ends in yeah. verse 25 here um yeah. where it says i'll just read this jesus did many other things as well if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So Jesus was doing stuff left and right, having conversations that we'll never know, perhaps maybe until we get to heaven. Even then, I don't know if we'll really know, but uh, you know, we like to think that we will, but I, I just, this is this is why Jesus split time in half, or, or why there's an A.D. and a B.C. or whatever we call it now to not yeah. <laughs> say Jesus in our culture. But I just I you know I just think he was so remarkable, and no duh because he was the living God. Mm-hmm. But uh, to you know to for John to end that way to say there's so many more things we could never stop writing about it basically. Mm-hmm. Um, talks gives testimony to the impact Jesus had yeah. on the people around him, on the world at large. But we also need to pair this with Jesus said to his disciples, "Greater things will you do than I've done." And there's all there's all sorts of different meanings to that. To what does that really mean? But the impact of the early church upon the world too, and how the gospel spread through originally these 11 guys and then 12 and then they spread out to the churches, you know, churches were popping up everywhere and the gospel was expanding around the world. Like it's remarkable what happened and remarkable that Jesus chose to use flawed human beings to change the world and to spread his gospel and his truth around the world and he continues to do that, Kristen, in people like you and me, in people like 
Eric and Stephanie Snackle in people like Aaron and Megan Bunnell and, you know, put your name in there, guys, if you're listening to this. He chooses to use you. The creator of the universe chooses to use you. And you are beloved. And it's not from anything you've done. It's because God is a good father. And he loves you. And he sent his only son to die for you. But also to rise again for you. And that's really exciting. (laughs) It's so good. It's such good news. It is. It is. And I have been so impacted by the thought of... He pursues me, has made a way, and invites me into relationship. Mm -hmm. And in that way of Jesus, we find eternal life. It is in knowing him that I experience that, even in the midst of the world still uh, not yet being redeemed. um, I can start to experience that eternal life Mm -hmm. that is Jesus' way. And um, it's profoundly... um, it's just profound. <laughs> what do you do with that? Right. It's just, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We would like to thank you for being a part of this episode of joy in Java. And if you'd like to contact either Kristen or myself, if you need prayer for anything, or you'd like to learn more about pursuit friends and our amazing house churches, if I do say so myself, um, you can reach us each in email. It's Brian at PursuitFriends.org or Kristen at PursuitFriends.org. Check out our Facebook page, um, and that's the best place to get weekly updates on all things Pursuit. We'd love to have you show up on a Sunday morning or evening uh, to fellowship with us, worship with us, and be encouraged. So God bless you guys. Until next time, this has been Joy and Java. <laughs>